Picture this. You're out at the clothesline hanging your wife's little black dress when suddenly you're struck by an idea. <laughs> no, not to put on the little black dress, but to add a hook to the peg. The next thing you know, you've invented the Heg and you're producing 53 million of them in your first full year of business. Happy days. Well, I said, welcome to a small business marketing show where successful small business owners share their souls to take your marketing straight to the lead. Now, here's your host, Mr. Tim Bowie. G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of Australia's number one marketing show. I'm your host, Timbo Reed, but you, so much more importantly, are a motivated small business owner ready to crank out some great marketing. And we are brought to you by the very good folk at Net Registry who get your online marketing sorted. Big show today. I have a fireside chat with Scott Bucock, the inventor of Heggs. As I said at the start, they are simply closed pegs with hooks. He launched less than 18 months ago and he's set to make a whole lot of dough. This is a great story. He joins us shortly and he'll explain how he's achieved a whopping 4,000% growth rate and found himself in 1,400 supermarkets nationally after just his second meeting. I love a simple story where a simple problem is solved. This is inspiring stuff. Plus, I share a motivational quote that will have you feeling like a rock star. There's plenty of marketing, G-O-L-D, dripping from the ceiling of Small Business Big Marketing's headquarters. So let's get stuck right in. Small Business Big Marketing with Tim Reid. Hey, how's your week been? I've had a good one. It's all up over here at SBBM HQ. I've had a few days up on the Sunshine Coast with friend and past guest Keith Abraham. We stayed at Amanda Stevens' house, also past guest. Thanks, Steve-O, for lending us your home. Keith and I smashed uh, some good work together. We did a bit of planning. We looked at each, other, at each other's businesses, pulled it apart, put it back together, and generally had a good time and a laugh. If you get an opportunity to go away with a colleague and do that, I thoroughly recommend it. I also wrote a 1,500-word article for The Advisor magazine. Uh, It's an article on helpful marketing and The Advisor magazines for the mortgage and finance industry. I have dropped the article into into the Small Business Big Marketing Forum if you want to have a squiz. And I'm also speaking uh, at a digital boot camp for mortgage advisors, mortgage brokers, uh, July 1 to 3, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. More details I'll put on the website uh, to come on that one. Started a roadshow for Centuria. That's good. And I just got booked to do the opening keynote at the Meetings and Events Australia Conference on Hamilton Island. 350 meeting and event organisers, so a perfect crowd for me. Hopefully I'll get a few bookings from that. So uh, lots going on. That's my week. I hope you had a productive week as well. Smallbusinessbigmarketing.com A common complaint I hear from small business owners is that marketing their business online does their head in. Sound familiar? Is your website not producing the results you'd love? Is it hard to update? Does it rank poorly on Google? If your head's nodding, then maybe it's time to give NetRegistry a buzz. They'll get your online marketing sorted quickly and cheaply. NetRegistry actually hosts the small business big marketing website. You don't need to be a pro when it comes to the internet team because they are. 
and they make it simple and straightforward, getting you a domain name, website hosting, design, whatever you need to market your business effectively online. Visit netregistry.com.au or call them on 1300 638 734 to get your online marketing sorted today. And tell them Timbo sent you. Small business, big marketing with Tim Reid. Righto, let's get stuck into today's guest. It is Scott Bucock. You'll find him on Twitter. Make sure you hit him up. Tell him you heard him on the show over at Scotty Bucock. So that's S-C-O-T-T-Y. B-O-O-C-O-C-K. Now, Scotty is the inventor of eggs. Oh, beautifully simple. These are clothes pegs with hooks. He launched them less than 18 months ago, and he's budgeted already for this financial year to produce a lazy $53 million. And how's this? In his first two meetings with supermarket chains, he secured distribution to 1,400 outlets. He's now gone global and he recently raised $380,000 on the TV show Shark Tank. Great story ahead. I started off by asking Scott about the moment when the idea for Heggs hit him between the eyes. Yeah, it's funny. It's one of those moments you, you just never get in your life. I, it, I even remember what I did. I, I leant down and I pulled up a black dress of my wife's and I looked at the line and I looked at the dress and I honestly, I thought, oh my God, how am I going to hang this nice, beautiful, black, silky dress of my wife up without any line marks, peg marks, sun marks? And I even remember the day. It wasn't just sunny. It was sunny and cloudy. It was coming through. And I thought, how am I going to do this? Because that was my, my first thing was the sun marks are going to end up on the top of the dress because it was hanging over. It was just really funny. There was only three pegs because I'm one of those people that we get the pegs off and put them in the basket. So there was only three pegs on the line, and I looked at one of them and I went, oh, if that had a hook on it, I could actually hang the uh, straps of my wife's black dress on it. And I went, oh, my God, that would be, you know, fantastic. There'd be no peg marks, no line marks, and no sun marks. And that was it. And, and I thought, wow, how can I? So I actually went, you know, I sat there and I thought, how am I going to do So I got the peg, and then I, I pegged up the straps, and I was pegging it, and I'm thinking, and I'm pulling on it, and it pulled off, and I'm thinking, how do I put the strap over there without doing this? And, and it was just simple for me. I went, if I could put a hook on it, it'd be brilliant. And then about, I didn't, I'm not like everyone, you know, you come up with these ideas, and you think, oh, it's great. You think it's great. And, and then you go away and think about it later, and you think, oh, yeah, I'll do it later. I'll do it next year. I'll do it. And about four months went past. And over those four months, every single time I went out to that washing line, I went, oh, my, my pants, my jeans, you know where your belts go through, like your belt go through the loops on your jeans? I went, well, those, those loops, they're just like a strap on a dress. I could actually hook my jeans up. I can hook my business pants up. Um, I can hook anything that has a little loop on it, and I will have no peg marks, line marks, or sun marks. And about the third month, it rained, and I brought, and we brought all the stuff from the line and put it on clothes horses, and I ran out of space, and I went, oh, if I had hook on a peg, we could put more garments and dresses and jeans and that on the hooks on the clothes horse. So it was like a space-saving moment, and that was it. About four months into it, I went, this is crazy. This this thing cannot go up. I have to do this. And that's when I jumped uh, and uh, referred to my best friend, Google, Aha, uh-huh. you Googled it. I Googled it. I Googled, is there a, a simple, it's, 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 is there a peg with a hook in the world? And about four and a half thousand, there was about 30, 40, 50,000 pictures of pegs came up. And I started to scroll through about, I looked back and it was over 4,000. I call it about four and a half thousand photos of pegs. And there was not one peg with a hook on it 
anywhere in the world. And that was the moment I went, this is crazy. I've got to do something about this. So, so step us through. That was in, you painted the idea in 2012 and then you started selling one year later. Just just the key steps, Scotty, in that process of going from idea to holding that first heg in your hand. Yes, sure. It actually steps back um, before I got to the patent. I thought about a name. I thought it, it was standing there and in 60 seconds on that fourth month, I thought to myself, if someone's going to buy this, what are they buying? Uh, and they walk into a supermarket or when they're talking to their mum or when you ask your husband, can you pass me up? What is the, what is it that they're passing? And I thought, well, it's a peg with a hook. So I used the H and I converted it to a heg, meaning that if anyone's buying... So this was all marketing. So when you're standing there, it's not only thinking, hey, this is a great product and what am I going to sell and what am I going to produce and who's going to buy it? It's actually why they're going to buy it. So I brought it right back to the basics before I even had a design going, why are people physically going to walk into the supermarket and buy the thing and what are they buying? But it was suddenly I went, oh, heg. That's perfect. Pass me a heg. It doesn't matter if it's blue, green, black, or it's big hook, small hook. It has a hook on it, and then I can differentiate my product to everyone else's product. From there, that was when I got I, I googled and I said, "How do you make a peg?" It sent me to a plastics manufacturing company, and then I went and saw the plastics manufacturing company, and I said, "Hey, listen, I want to do a peg. What do I do?" And then they sent me to the most crucial person that I think um, is warranted in the whole story, which was an industrial product design engineer. Uh-huh. I never even knew these people existed. It, that was the crucial one because if I actually started the process without sitting down with an industrial design engineer, um, I would never have known to today that there's molecule alignment and there's polypropylenes, 500 types of them, and there's plastics and there's this and there's steels and stainless steels. Man, and your, your learning curve must have gone off the scales. Oh, it was incredible. And, and it still is. I mean, you know, two years into it and it still is. But back then I thought, right, so I sat there, got him to sign the old confidentiality the agreement and because I, I and then told him that hey listen I'm thinking about putting a hook on a pig and he looked at me as everyone else did my wife included and thought what are you doing <laughs> anyway so by the end of that uh, two hours with him he actually got it and he understood it and we drew it out and we sketched it out and I said look I want it to be sexy I want it to have curves I want it to have um, you know a, a nice color I want this I want that and literally within 48 hours we had a drawn up CAD design of that Heg. That, that must have been exciting. It was because, you know, right the way through this whole story and everyone says, by the way, since everything's happened with the Heg world and Shark Tank and etc., I get constant reminders. People come up to me, what, who did you tell at the beginning? How do you keep it confidential? How do you not get it out to market and someone steal my idea? And I guess what I did was just get those confidentiality agreements signed up until a point where I said, right, now I have to do the patent, which is coming back to your question. So then I did the patent and I went to a patent in a patent attorney and I said this is my design this is my concept um, how much is it going to cost they gave me a figure and then we spent a uh, better part of four weeks coming up with every single facet every single reason and every single design of why somebody would use a hook on a peg and it's not actually called a hook on a peg it's called a fastener so then they used the legal, you know, legal jargon and we wrote a patent which was 60-odd pages long and, and covers 50-plus different ways you can use it and etc. And we ended up with a patent on that December 12th, 2012. And then you can begin manufacture. Yeah, that's right. And then I actually got that patent and I went, right, now what do I do about it? <laughs> and who do I actually go out and get to make it and manufacture? I've paid all this money. I've got this idea. It's a good idea. Uh, and I look back and, and today, officially, and you're the first person to hear it, is today we actually are at the end of our patent pending process and we submit to the countries that we uh, want as of today. 
actually, is the day. So two and a half years ago, or two and a bit years ago, the idea was there and we went through the process and now we've picked the countries we're going in. But I'll tell you about that at the end. So, Scotty, you've got your patent. Now it's time to get that peg, that heg, manufactured and get it to market. What happened? Yeah, I'm glad you said the heg. You know, <laughs> that was the whole process at the beginning was, you know, trying to differentiate it. And it's funny because I had that dilemma at the beginning going, people go, what is that? So, yes, got, uh, what, my first job was to get a prototype. Got a prototype and looked at it and uh, remodeled it and got another prototype and looked at it and remodeled it and got another prototype. At about the fourth prototype, I was happy. And then I walked in with my prototype and I took a little uh, design of the bag I wanted to bring to market and I walked into a local supermarket chain here called Drake Supermarkets in South Australia and I took the uh, heg in and I said hey listen this is a heg and this is what it's going to look like and sat down and about 45 minutes later they uh, shook my hand and said look we'd love to take him and we'll put you in 55 supermarkets. Whoa that mate that's unheard of the amount of people that have tried to get I don't know I think there's I think there's 60,000 stock keeping units in the average supermarket there's people every day try I've interviewed Daniel Flynn from Thank You Water the campaign that he went through to get into Coles and and Woolworths was off the charts. And and here you are, you've nailed it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, look, I was amazed myself, to be honest. You know, it's it's lovely to think yeah, you have a great product, but for someone else to say yes and yes, I thought, wow. So I walked out of there as high as a kite. I mean, 55 supermarkets from nothing, you know, it was an amazing feat. It, it, with your first meeting, by the way? Yes, my very first one. You, you sure it wasn't a mate? Yeah, no, it wasn't. My very first my very first meeting, and, and the, the funny part I look back now is I didn't even have the tools set up. That was the prototype. I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the bags. I didn't have anything. So I said, great, when would you like them? <laughs> this is interesting because people wait for all the ducks to be in a row. Like a lot of us, you know, it's about perfection. No, it's I'm not quite ready. You weren't quite ready by any stretch of the imagination. Did you go in kind of looking back going, <laughs> oh, boy, if they say yes, I'm in trouble? Or was it just this is completely like minimum viable product, let's do this? I went in with the um, quota. I had everything said. I guess I had my ducks in a row to the point of where I hadn't pressed the trigger. So I knew that when I, when I get a yes, I can say, great, build the tool, build the bags, build the springs, manufacture this, send them over. I've got this many weeks for them to arrive. I can get them here. I can ship them there. So I always knew where I sat, but I just actually hadn't pulled the trigger. So I think it's really important because I wouldn't have been able to walk in there with a costing otherwise. So I had a costing. I had my RRP, my recommended retail price. I knew where I sat. So when I walked out of there, the first phone call was say, great, Build it and build it fast. So um, <laughs> after that, did, did you then go, oh, this is pretty easy. This I'll go, go to 7-Eleven and then I'll head over to, uh, yeah. I'll go to Bunnings. Well, it's funny. that it, You're right. I mean, what happened then was just amazing. So I, I got them into market. We put them on the shelves on November the 21st, 2013. So it's been going... What's that, 16, 17 months now, 18 months, 18 months, yeah. So we put them on the shelves then and then about three, four, five weeks later, uh, I was told, hey, go and see, uh, because I obviously was going to try to get into other supermarkets and other chains and and then I was recommended to go and see Metcash and Metcash have the IGAs around Australia, the Foodlands, the Foodworks and and a range of different uh, smaller independents. And then I thought, well, let's start at the bottom, let's start with the independents and let's get the family thing going. It's a South Australian product with a South Australian company and, you know, I do the right thing there and then we'll get to the multinationals eventually. So I um, I went and saw them and I took my bag in. This time I had a bag. <laughs> so I took a bag in and I took the, the heg in and I sat with them. And then 30 minutes later, they slid 
a contract across the table and said, hey, we'd love to sign sign you up and, and by the way, we'll sign up a national deal with all seven states. Uh, can you supply to us? Uh, and so it blew me away. I said, oh, uh, yeah, sure. So I read the contract and I signed there and then. So I walked out of there with the opportunity to uh, send to up to 1,400 independent supermarkets around Australia. I guess the reality is a business like Heggs is based on volume. So you've got to sign up these big boys and a lot of them real quick because there's going to be, I imagine, I I know nothing about manufacturing, but I imagine there's a whole lot of sunken costs. Yes. And then at some point uh, you've covered all those costs and you sit back on the hammock, Scotty, and just sip on those pina coladas. Yeah, and that's it's the old adage, isn't it? Don't put all your eggs in the same basket. Did you say don't put all your eggs in one basket? <laughs> I did, and it, not, and it really is about that, uh, that we had to get a volume-based business happening. We needed lots of people purchasing them. We needed lots of customers buying them. It's such a small margin. I mean, you're talking tens and tens of thousands of dollars for tooling, and you're talking about cents that you uh, make on the on the heg. So, you know, it is a volume-based business, and, and that was very... What's a heg cost you to make one heg? Oh, um, I might keep that confidential. Oh, come on. It's only you <laughs> and I. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is it you and I? It is just you and I. <laughs> I think we'll keep that confidential. But uh, what I are you selling? It. One. I know you don't sell them individually, but what what is a what's the unit price of a heg? Uh, ROP. Um, they sit around the thirty cent mark. Um, thirty cent mark, which you know, in the scheme of it, is higher than your regular pegs. But they are UV injected. They're quality built. They last longer. They've got a stainless steel spring, so they don't rust. And they have about six features that every other peg doesn't have. Really? Like, okay, well, uh, it's got a hook. What's the other, what's one? Absolutely. The, the hook actually, it's not only just about the hook, but if you notice, if you have one in your hand, it actually wraps back and it pulls itself back into the actual peg itself, meaning that it actually creates what we call a windlock feature. So when you hang your garments on, they don't come out and blow onto the ground. Scotty, you have thought about this. I tell you, the windlock feature. The second part is in the middle of the pe- uh, the heg where you put it on the line, it's made, the little tiny holes made slightly bigger than every other one. So you can slide it along the line and when you put a pair of jeans on there, it creates a weight factor and it turns in on a, on a 30 degree angle and it locks out. So when you bring them aside, your jeans are hanging, your pants are hanging and your garments are hanging straight, which means you don't have to iron them after. Now, mate, we're, two, we're 18 months in. Can you? I want to talk about Shark Tank. I want to talk about marketing something that people don't know they need or that in fact exists. But before I do that, can you wrap some numbers around where you're at right now in terms of revenue, distributors, country, staff? Started our first year, we had the 55 supermarkets and we grew within six months to about 400 supermarkets. We then uh, secured Woolworths, of which we launched in two months, which will provide another 900 supermarkets locally. So by the end of this um, financial year, we'll be in roughly around 1,800 supermarkets in Australia. We produced our first year uh, about 50,000 bags. Uh, this year we'll produce, the, sorry, the second financial year, we produced about uh, 100,000 bags. And this year we'll, uh, we're getting up, this financial year, we're budgeting anywhere about uh, 1.5 to 2 million bags. And that we're, we're exporting to Japan, Africa, Thailand, Singapore, England, Ireland, Scotland, Toronto, USA, Mexico, Bahrain, uh, Philippines, <laughs> South Africa. Uh, South Africa, yeah, yeah. So, look, it's funny, Tim. South Africa, we're actually sending containers out to South Africa in two weeks' time. And the, and the kicker in this, which is just 
brilliant is we are using a Qantas plane. We're flying our first HEGS to Canada and the USA next week or the week after, sorry. And we're actually flying them over because they don't want to wait 45 days for the boat. Yeah, so we're flying um, you know, 20, 30,000 bags over at a time and we're using a Qantas plane. How are you um, feeling... How are you feeling about all this? I mean, uh, you, you, clearly you must have you must have made the odd wrong decision, but you must be bloody excited. It's it's exciting. We've signed up six distribution agreements with six countries so far, which service about uh, twelve countries. We've locked in forty four countries with our patents. We're going to have over a hundred countries with the trademark, and we uh, staffing wise, you know, I'm growing fast. It was me, then uh, myself and Michael. Then we've got a chain supply and a sales and a, a this and a that. And uh, I think the most exciting part for us is that it's 100% Australian made. You know, we, we used to originally started this with China and I brought all manufacturing back in January and we are 100% Australian made in South Australia. What does that do to your costs? Because I imagine if you went to China, your costs, and it seems the obvious thing to do, your costs are going to dramatically decrease. So is, is the marketing play of being 100% locally made of that much value? I'm actually making it cheaper now in Australia than I could have ever made it in China. Uh, how? Okay. That's the question that everyone asks and that's the question I love to answer. And I tell you it through a story. Um, with China, what we do quite often is we want the final product. We want to know, I want this bag of HEGS. What I've done is I've actually got it back to Australia and I have the HEG made by a company, the spring made by a company, the bag made by a company, the box made by a company, and then I assemble it through two other companies. So I've actually broken it down to components and doing that has alleviated three or four different things. Firstly, it's alleviated the fact that you're just buying one product and they can put whatever margin on they like because you can't see a component breakdown. The second part is that I save myself five weeks, six weeks of shipping so I actually can make money quicker and I'm not paying for something that's sitting on a boat for five or six weeks and paying interest on it. The third one is that I've actually saved myself time frame and stock warehousing. I don't have to purchase uh, five or six or seven times the amount of stock because I need to wait five or six weeks for it to, to come over on a boat and be made over there. I can make it to order. Between all that and the cost saving of interest and warehousing and, and physical money out at the beginning and actually componentry, I can control my cost completely and I've been able to do that and make it cheaper here than I can in China. Listeners, you're listening to Scott Bucock, inventor of HEGS. They are pegs with hooks. Now, Scotty, you found yourself on Shark Tank. You're our yes. second guest on this show that's been on Shark Tank and you convinced Naomi Simpson of Red Balloon to uh, throw a lazy $380,000 your way. Mm. Well done. Thank you. What What was your big aha moment from appearing on that show? It's funny. When I, I, I'm writing a book currently and I sat on the, in front of the TV and I saw the applications for it and it said, entrepreneurs and inventors, hey, we'd love to have you on the show. And straight away I thought to myself, I've got to be on it because I want Australia to know what a heg is. The second part of that was I thought, great, now that I get on the show, what do we need to make it gl uh, global? And that was to bring it back to Australia to uh, get the tooling to make it grow and standing in front of Naomi there and telling that story and, and I'll add to the uh, componentry side is a big part of the pricing is to do with the fact that, you know, we employ Australians to do it. So that was a big part of having Naomi on board was to be, in, to be able to communicate to the world that we're Australian built and Australian made. So, you know, standing there and Shark Tank, it, it was a fantastic experience. I mean, I thought I knew my business in and out, but what you see on TV is about eight minutes, give or take. We're actually standing in front of them for an hour and a half. 
And an hour and a half later, then you get an offer. And then you have to convert that offer in your head and exactly what you're after. Mine was about having a business savvy person on board the business to be able to help me and mentor me and mentor the business into an international company. So well done. You got Naomi on board. She's a great marketer, great on branding. She'd have a Rolodex that anyone would kill for. Uh, You've now got a marketing challenge ahead. You've got to get people excited about HEGS. You've got to get them to pay above the odds for a product that we can all buy extremely cheaply. So what is your approach to to Heggs Marketing, Scott? Yeah, my approach is about being Australian-built. You know, around the world, a great example is German-built cars. You know, you don't say... Uh, oh, it was made in Germany. You go, oh, it's a German-built car. It's German-built engineering. It's German-built propeller system. You know, why is it that Australia is not saying, hey, it's Australian-built, that it's quality-made? You know, I'm very much an advocate of coming back and saying, let's not compete against China. Let's just show them that we have better products. So... I I am fighting for the fact that, yes, it's a slight higher margin on it, but it doesn't matter. You're buying something that won't break as quick. You're buying something that's quality built. You're buying something that provides jobs to uh, Australians. And, Tim, right now we have just around 100 people working on manufacturing HEGS between the HEG, the spring, the box, the bag, and the actual assembly. There's give or take 100 people in Australia making that product. So so can I just challenge you on that? Because, I mean, I love it. Sure. You know, I love the fact that, you know, if we could have more of that kind of, it's what we call provenance marketing, marketing where yeah. we own, you know, the, the, the location, we own the source, like King Island Cheese, isn't it? Or, um, yes. Or, 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 you know, you live in Adelaide, Barossa Valley Wines, but... But, mm. but really, so uh, we're standing at, at the at the checkout or we're standing in the aisle at the supermarket yep. and we go, oh, I, I need some pegs. Oh, hang on, there's pegs. They're made in Australia. Really? Is that is that going to be the, the point of decision? Look, I think there's a combination of things in that. One is the fact that you can't get anything like it on the shelves currently. You can get pegs if you want to, but they don't have hooks. So I have the market um, at the moment uh, for the hook part of it. So definitely there's that element. The second one is I can tell you if, if when, next time you're at a barbecue, ask everyone around the barbecue, are you happy with your pegs breaking every single second month because they're brittle from the sun? And the answer is no. That, that People are done with it. It's, it's one of the most talked about conversations around a barbecue, around um, social media is your laundry because everyone does it. And pegs are a, a bane of everybody's life and there's no quality pegs out there. So that's one of them. The second one for us is the national, the global, the 99% of our market where it's eventually going to be is Aussie made. We were just at the Chicago Homeware Show in, in, in America and there were 60,000 um, supermarkets that uh, are currently looking at having pegs at some point uh, on their stores. And that's 20,000 buyers and one in every three stopped at that booth because they they were waiting for innovation in laundry. The second part is they said, okay, when can we get it shipped from China? And they went, no, it's coming from Australia. And they said, great, we'll have double. Because the Aussie brand, the Aussie made, the Aussie built wording on it is extremely popular worldwide. So yes, they pay more just for the fact that it's made in another country other than China. Okay, so that's your message. Uh, you've still got to get the word out there. Are you relying on distribution as a way of creating awareness or are you going to do other marketing? You've got a website, but people aren't searching for, you know, there's not a whole lot of people searching for pegs on Google, I'm guessing. So how do you create that 
that awareness. Are you going to? Are we about to see the uh, the three hundred eighty thousand dollars of Naomi's spent on a fancy advertising campaign? Yeah, it it is exactly that. We we use a lot of social media, and and what we're doing is extending off the back of that with the word Hegs. Now, we with uh, Design Awards, we've won the International Good Design Awards. We've been represented in Korea as the World Best Design Awards. We've won you know an array of different things. We're actually ranked number one in the world for the word Heg. That three letters H E G. You know, there's two or three or four hundred thousand organizations in the world with HEG, human environmental group services, stock markets, and etc. If you type in HEG into Google today, we're ranked number one. We'll probably uh, take over the first three pages. So our, our goal in marketing is to create a word that is going to be used throughout the future. And it seems to be working through our social media channels and our distribution channels currently. You almost need some kind of guerrilla marketing strategy. Yeah, <laughs> we're getting to that. I mean, you know, if this is fast and furious what's happening to us. We, we were national only only four months ago we we're international in in six countries currently going to be in about 13 in the next four weeks six weeks and then we're going to be up to 44 in the next year or two so it is a fast progress we're trying to work it out day by day as we go it's exciting for us i mean the growth you know it's a four thousand percent growth rate at the moment it, it, you know just managing all that and then think of the marketing as well it's you know we're trying to do it all and and it's working but oh, i can't wait to talk to you in a year tim and tell you the update Mate, I absolutely welcome you back because uh, the trajectory you're on, um, <laughs> I think we might add two or three zeros to whatever numbers you're going to quote me then, that you quoted me today. We're actually, just just uh, for your own interest, which is uh, incredible, we're budgeting um, individual HEGs, 53 million HEGs uh, this financial year. Love it. Scotty, well done, mate. I wish you all the success in the world. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I, and I look forward to inventors and entrepreneurs around Australia doing what we've done and understanding and it all starts with one product. You know, it, it, you can do it. You just have to make the decision to start. Smallbusinessbigmarketing.com Don't you love that? What a great story. We'll be getting Scotty back on in a year's time. Don't worry about that. I want to share my top three learnings thanks to Net Registry from that interview. Number one... Don't wait for everything to be perfect. There is never going to be a right time. Scotty went through good process, but he didn't wait for perfection. He got out there and he started seeing supermarket chains. He started seeing industrial designers. He just started actioning things and built an amazing momentum around the whole Heggs brand. And what a great brand he's building. Number two, seek out mentors. Doesn't mean you need to go on Shark Tank. But do go and seek out people who can help you in areas where you're not as strong. I think Scotty does that really well. He's done that with Naomi Simpson on Shark Tank. But you, I, we don't have to go on Shark Tank. We just need to get support every now and then. Being a small business owner can be a little bit lonely. And learning number three, thanks to Net Registry, get clear on your key messages. Now, I don't know whether you picked up, but Scotty, on more than one occasion during that chat, said, use the line, no more peg marks, sun marks, line marks. Hey, that just rolled off the tongue. But he's put some work into the key message around HEGS. And you too should know the key message around your business so that when you're talking about it, it just rolls off the tongue. Hope you enjoyed that fireside chat with Scotty. Hit him up over on Twitter at Scotty Bucock and tell him what a great job he's doing. Robert Rose once said, marketing is telling the world you're a rock star. Helpful marketing is showing the world you are one. 
Small Business Big Marketing with Tim Reid. Smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. We are almost at the end. Next week, we're joined by Christian Mischler, the found of a very cool app that's taking the world of the last-minute traveller by absolute storm. If you're serious about taking your business to the next level, then join hundreds of motivated business owners inside the Small Business Big Marketing community over at crankmymarketing.com. To book me to speak at a conference, head over to timreed.com.au, that's R-E-I-D, and be sure to use Net Registry to get your online marketing sorted. Until next week, I'm Timbo Reed. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reed. Want more marketing goodness? Then visit smallbusinessbigmarketing.com.